Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. The scary stories of pet businesses continue as we wrap up October of 2023 with episode 101. My guest today is Leanne Southall, the founder and creative director of Dog and Cat Cards, which wholesales greeting cards and gifts celebrating pets. She's been in the pet industry her whole life in various forms, or should I say various spirits? (laughs) Well, one as a vet tech, and she's a former owner of a dog walking business. I talked with Leanne about a sudden client death with a celebrity spin, an FBI scam, unique holiday events for your pet business, and so much more. Happy Halloween! Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Well, welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, Leanne Southall. I'm just so excited to have you here today with us. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for inviting me, Candice. I'm so happy to be here. Did you know that you are in the top 10% of our contributors of our free Facebook group community? Oh my goodness. Wonderful. (laughs) I love it. I'm in there every day. Yeah. So for our listeners who don't know, we have an entire group on Facebook that is for anybody who works in the pet industry. And that might be how Leanne and I met. I'm not exactly sure. 
but I appreciate your contributions in that, in that group. And we're going to hear more about your stories, but you, I, I just wanted to first say thank you for being an active member, a top contributor, and always sharing what you're working on in your businesses. Cause I'm sure it's, I know it's inspiring to other people. So thank you for that. Yes. And I learn so much in there every day. I love it. It's a great community. So thank you. <laughs> Well, today we're here to hear your story, specifically some scary stories that have happened to you. This is the next kind of follow-up episode since it is October here in uh, when this is airing for the first time and Halloween is actually just a couple days away. So what better way to share some spooky stories <laughs> about business? Because sometimes you know, business can be really scary. I've had that my own so pretty, true. yeah, I've had my own pretty scary stories. So we are going to share some of yours, but first I would love for you to tell our listeners about your journey in the pet industry, because it actually was much broader than I even realized. Yes. Yes. It starts so far. It's so long ago. I say I was raised in a boarding kennel. It really, I felt like I grew up in a boarding kennel and I say I was in the house beside the boarding kennel, but our family had a pet resort in Toronto and when I was growing up. So I started in the business very young. I was about 12 when I was, you know, walking dogs from here to there, outside to the pens, doing little groups outside. And then, and my sister was a groomer as well on site. So I kind of had insight into those two industries, but it was just what, it was like someone whose family owns a restaurant. You're just in it all the time, day to day. And then fast forward many, many years, I continued in the pet industry. I became a veterinary technician and I worked in vet med for probably 15 years in Canada. And then my husband and I and my daughter, she was one at the time, we moved out to Los Angeles 15 years ago. And when we moved out here, I was home with her for a little while and needed something a little more flexible. So I actually started a dog walking business here and thought I would just, it would just be really low key. And as many dog walkers who are listening to this know, and pet sitters, there is such a demand, particularly for good care. And that soon flourished into a team of 15. And it was busy and fulfilling and fast, fast paced. So yeah, I had the dog walking business for many years. And I sold it after about seven years and started the business I'm in now, which is dog and cat cards. I, I make wholesale greeting cards for the pet industry as it happens. So I'm staying in the animal industry. I mean, that's like epic. I thought I had been in the industry a long time, but <laughs> but you have really seen many facets of all the different angles and also kind of have had it as family businesses too. That's so cool. I'm so glad we we are talking today. I mean, I'm sure there's so much we could talk about. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> so since so the scary story that you were interested in sharing with us is that did that happen in your pet sitting business or was that in the vet tech business? It was in the pet okay. sitting business. Okay. I mean, there's many, but there's a couple many. in the yeah. pet sitting business alone. Yes, it was when yeah. I had the dog walking company. Okay, so. I'm ready to hear this because all I heard was like a bullet point in an email that was like, Hey, I could talk about this. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I mean, I don't even know what I would do. I don't want to speak light of it. I mean, I really don't have any, many details about the story. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you just kind of walk us through the journey. Pretend we're by the campfire on oh. a dark, scary night. No, <laughs> the dark, <laughs> scary night before Halloween, roasting some marshmallows. No, you've got that, that flashlight underneath your chin. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not a ghost story. It's not a ghost story. It's a real life story that happened yes. to you. So yes. please share. It falls under the umbrella of spooky and scary, more on the emotional side of yes, things, I yes. think. Yes. So 
as many people do in the dog walking industry, some of us have daily dog walking clients. We worked with a lot of buildings that had senior citizens, and so they weren't mobile. Many weren't mobile or able to walk their dog as much as they had been even 10 years before. So we walked their dog first thing in the morning and middle of the day and late at night. So we had a daily dog walking client. The dog's name was Buddy. Uh, when I met Buddy, he had his elderly mom, human mom, and her own father, who was obviously very elderly as well. They were in the unit and I, we would walk Buddy every day. And about two weeks after meeting Buddy and doing his daily dog walks, the elderly man passed away, which was sad. Yeah. And Buddy, it was evident that he was adjusting, having some trouble. I think he was very close to him. But we were happy to be there every day for Buddy. And of course, then the daughter, who's as well elderly, an elderly woman now, is alone with Buddy. And she, her health began declining as well. So anyways, we were walking with him every day and... When we come in in the morning, we have our own key because she's in her room. She's a nurse who visits her often. And when we come in, she yells from her bedroom. She says, hello, we greet her. We don't go in. Everybody has their privacy, but Buddy's right there. His leash is there. We hook him up and off we go. And we feed him when we get home. And then the one morning when we came in, we didn't hear, she didn't yell out. And, you know, we're, we are there for the dog, but obviously we get to know people and we're, being careful. So it was actually one of my team members who was there that day. Mm-hmm. She had the very early morning walks with him and she was concerned that the owner hadn't called out. And so we called out no reply. And so she just kind of tucked around the corner and looked in the bedroom and the owner had to see. Mm-hmm. She, had passed we were, she had passed away and we were clearly the first people there. Mm-hmm. So she was very shaken up my team. member. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. First thing she did was to call me and I immediately said, oh, I'm going to call 911 to just send somebody there just to be certain, of mm-hmm. course. And so I hung up with my team member and called 911 who then went there and then I hopped in the car to head down there. Yeah. So my team member, the first thing I did when I got there, of course, there were firefighters there when I got there. Yeah. Hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't just so, so I'm understanding. So they were not in like an independent living situation. This was, they were, or not, sorry, not, they were, they were, they were not in a home. They were in their own private home. They were not in like a senior citizen's home. Okay. That's correct. They were in their home and she had a nurse who was coming once a day to check on okay. her. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't an expectation that it wasn't palliative care at this point. It was just a nurse coming in every so often to check on her and to take care of some things. So it was definitely unexpected. Yeah. Um, The firefighters were there and, you know, my team member, we talked for a moment and she was quite calm by the time I arrived. She was okay. A little shaken up, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we get to know the clients. So that that's very sad. But now there's Buddy and the firefighters said, uh, you know, I asked, what what do we do in this case? Um, like, what is their protocol? And yeah. he said, we're just bringing him to the shelter. I mean, no one else lives here. And the thing is, Buddy was eight years old at this point. And not all I could think is his, both of his owners have just died, essentially. And he's going to experience tremendous loss. Yeah. And I couldn't bear the thought of him going in the shelter. So I did take him home just to figure out what I was going to do. During the the month that we'd been walking him, he had a a large growth that was growing on the back of his foot that the owner had been having a vet see and antibiotics and it would go away and then it would come back. Um, And it was very large at this point. And I had been pushing to see somebody. So anyway, my point in saying that is I was concerned if he goes to the shelter, he's an older dog, he's experienced trauma now, and he's got this something going on on his back leg. We know the state of shelters. He might be difficult to get adopted out. Yeah. So I brought him home and we did a GoFundMe. Um, we got a 
it was about $2,500 surgery estimate to get this thing removed. And just the happy ending, I think, to the story is that one of my friends is very good friends with the Australian singer Sia. And Sia saw the GoFundMe page and she donated and paid for Buddy's entire surgery to have that removed. Oh, wow. Really lovely. Yes. And she oh. does. She brings rescue dogs on stage at her concerts. She's just great in the community for, for awareness for rescue dogs. So that was lovely. We got it removed and got Buddy homed. Oh, that's so cool. He's in San Francisco now. Oh, wow. Yes. So not so scary after all. Not so scary, but a sad situation. Yes. Very, very, very sad. And I have a a lot of questions, I'm sure, as we can walk through this whole thing from like a business perspective too. But one, I didn't, I didn't realize Sia was a animal advocate like that. So that's fantastic. So great to know. I just came off of a workshop yesterday where one of the pieces that we really kind of leaned into was operations and having some, some standards and then documentation of how things should go. And you train your team and you kind of keep, you know, you can predict some things, right? Some things you can predict, of course, Yeah, and you build systems and processes. But then, you know, when I had my pet business, we had to think about kind of emergency situations because you are Mm -hmm. caring for animals. And so, which are live breathing beings and things happen out of your control, I did not have a policy for what if for pet care, if it was what happens if the owner has passed, like we hadn't, we hadn't talked about, I didn't talk about that with my dog walkers at that time. No, exactly. Previously. Well, it's like you, we had a standard operating procedures, of course, we had an operations manual. Um, By the time you get to 15 staff, so many things have happened and every, it was, we had the baseline. And then every time something would happen, we'd add that in, add that in. But as you say, you can't anticipate all kinds of situations. Um, So those are a baseline, but with pet sitting, we often have an emergency phone number right. uh, when the people go away. And I always asked for an emergency phone number other than where they are. So somebody local in case we couldn't reach them, time zones and all of that. But in this case, you're right. We didn't have another phone number or next of kin information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so unexpected. So the protocols that we did have in place that our team member was able to do was to contact me right away when anything happens out of the ordinary. And that was always, I think if we reflect on this, one of the things that that I did well in the business was I was 24 hours available at all times. Um, if my phone rang, barring me being totally occupied with something, I always picked up the phone if it was one of my walkers and was available mm-hmm. to help. That was positive that I was able to respond to her and talk her down while we were on the phone and then mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, at some point we have to defer to authorities as well. So the firefighters led the way a little bit in terms of what they were suggesting we needed to do, but yeah. Yeah. Being there for the team member, I'm glad that they were able to call you. I've had a scenario before where one of my scary stories is that our <laughs> doggy daycare van with dogs in it, the doggy daycare transport van with dogs in it got towed and um, with dogs in it with dogs in it and the dog transporter had gone inside, had locked it. Had, mm-hmm. The dogs were secure. The air was going like everything was fine. She, you know, and, she, and our, our service was in Chicago. And so there was I mean, parking's always really hard in Chicago and yes. all, a lot of many urban environments. And so there was a place she, we'd gone to this building many, many times, but she went up to take the dog up, came back yep. down and the van was gone. And oh it was like so traumatizing for her. Right? And then her cell phone, her keys, her wallet, everything was in the vehicle. So she couldn't contact, you know, didn't know. And so she ended up going to the front desk of the building and being able to 
to have them call, like look up our phone number and call the front desk because she didn't have my number memorized, but look, call the business's phone number. So, so to Google our number as a business and, oh, and was able to get a hold of us. And then, but she was so shooken up. So then, you know, that's as the owners of these companies, with our team, like we really not only have to process what is happening for that customer. Like in this scenario, I had to, you know, we had to figure out one, how to save the dogs and then two, communicate the message, get them home safely, talk to their owners about what happened. But then also this team member who's like really mm-hmm. shooken up and almost, right. you know, and, and how right. to process it. And so, yeah. So actually, Candace, can I share on that point? I, I have another story that's actually more scary as in like went straight to my heart fear. Kind okay, of what sure. Talking about. Let's hear it. Um, yes, it's, it's very similar. In fact, we were pet sitting uh, two Jack Russell Terriers and one of my team members was pet sitting. It was an overnight pet sitting. And I, received the phone call that one of the dogs is missing and the owners are in Italy. Same as you. Call was unexpected. It's the worst when the dogs go missing. Yes. Team member is just off the hook, panicking, crying, nervous. Um, And so I'm trying to pull out the information from her while, as you're saying, and at the same time, you're thinking liability. I've got a friend who's a dog, safety. I'm thinking they're in a coyote zone. There's all kinds of things going through my mind while I'm trying to keep her calm. And as it turned out, the she had, unfortunately, she went home, she lived around the corner from this pet sitting um, home, the team member, she had left to go feed her own dogs. And that's not something we do, but that was dealt with afterwards. But mm-hmm. I don't think she locked the back door. Okay. Um, and so this little Jack Russell was in the backyard and we know terriers, they're out of there if they can be. Yeah. And he was gone. And so as, essentially what I did on my way down there was the first thing I did was call the owner who, as I said, was in Italy at the time and it was on a different time zone, but it was important to me that he was aware of what was happening as it was happening. And like many pet sitting businesses, we have our relationships with them. So he was wonderfully understanding. And that actually helped me feel okay. I had my head on straight. He appreciated that I called. Um, And I also knew that the dog had tags on with the owner's phone number on it. And sure enough, in Italy, he got the call 10 minutes later, somebody down the street had found the dog. Um, So the owner called me back to tell me what address the dog was at. And we went and scooped him up and there was a lot to process and debrief after this, but it was over the course of a few hours. So one thing we changed in that scenario upon review is that every pet sitting client will have a tag. We put our tag on there with our phone number on there as well. Um, So that was one thing. And of course, review protocols about not leaving the property when we're pet sitting. We get the, if we get there at 6 PM, we don't leave until the next day. Um, But that is a heart racer situation. And, you know, when you have a pet sitting business or dog walking, if you are scaling, whether it's intentional or not, or just by demand, we do have to rely on others. And despite my amazing screening process and my awesome team, once in a while, something like this can happen. To be honest, like I had a doggy daycare. We had multiple occasions over the 10 years where dogs got away and it was like, so every scenario was different. Oh yes, um, and, and whether that was the heart, the dog slipped out of the harness on oh, the walk. Yes. The dog, we had a dog walker coming back to our facility for daycare, a dual gate system to yes. get a car locker, the carport, they call it to where the, all the other daycare dogs were. 
He didn't lock. He didn't it's double locked. check and make sure they were locked and yeah. they flung open. We had a customer fling open the doors and not do it. Exactly. That, I mean, like the, all of these things. Yes. All and of these the things. The day, a dog is missing and it's terrifying. We had a dog like, scale a fence like, once and jump and run away. And then oh. uh, my favorite though is when the dogs escape from their own homes and run back to the daycare. Oh, <laughs> they're, like, the, they're like sitting at the front door and we're like, why is Izzy at our front door without anything <laughs> on? And then the mom's like, the dog just got loose in our yard. Are they there? You know, that's always the best. That's but, a good sign. The dog loves your place. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say I learned, I did also learn early on. I was like, I, and I think I learned this just because I had a friend who their dog was staying somewhere and got loose. And the person who found the dog notified them first before the yeah. company who was supposed to be watching the dog had notified them. And that really upset them the most. And so I yeah. I'm with you on that. You have to, when, when you lose somebody's animal in your care, the first thing you do is notify the owners. That's right. That's right. It's true. And I think like you said, with, when the van got towed, it's, you know, you're thinking in your mind as an owner of a company, you've got a lot to deal with, with this staff member afterwards, but keeping her calm and taking care of the priority, which is the animal safety and as well mm -hmm. the owner. Um, and then you can talk about things with your, your team member afterwards and review yeah. what went down and what might need to change. Yeah. 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 100%. But we're dealing with live animals. There's bound to be these things that happen. There's bound to be these things happen. Exactly. Exactly. We are. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it's interesting too, though, that going back to that first story that about the process with the fire department, just so we take them to the shelter. I mean, I, you know, I know that the shelter then has protocol for there's a window usually of, of a, a week or however much time people can have to come and claim a dog or an animal, but it's something, again, I think in the pet sitter world, pet care world that we could think about with our clients is in the event of this happening, like, what would you like us to do? Do you have a will of some sort? Like, what are we supposed, what can you give us some sort of documentation of what we're supposed to do with mm -hmm. your animal? Like, should we notify somebody else who might be a, not an emergency contact, but an out of state person who needs to be looped in? Or, you know, there, there's probably something there. Again, it, it would likely never it's be tricky, used. But you're right. What we did actually end up doing, Candace, it's interesting when you're when you're doing a meet and greet or onboarding someone, as you know, yeah. we have our contracts. And within that contract, which is required before somebody yeah. is onboarded with us, if they've passed our interview, is um, that extra information. So we added that layer in. And there's a way to word it and so that it's not uncomfortable in person. Yeah. It's, it's we are needing an emergency phone number. What's dog walking client or pet sitting client uh, needing someone besides the family who we can contact? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So many scary situations. Um, do you have time to share the third scary situation? Yeah, this was, this one's a tricky one, Candace. Okay. Um, I don't know a lot of the details. It was my first month pet sitting, which was many years ago. So um, but I received an email. And so I was really new to pet sitting, despite all my care with animals, the business part of it. So I received an email from somebody who was going to be stationed in my city for a month on contract work, three weeks to a month. He had a Samoyed named Bella that he was bringing with him and was going to need the visits twice a day, the walks twice a day at his Airbnb. It wasn't called Airbnb back then, but something yeah. like that arrangement. Um, and so there's not a meet and greet, an opportunity for me to meet the dog, nor, you know, we pick up on a lot when we're in person with a client too. It's one thing to do a Zoom, although I don't even know if Zoom is going back then, but, you know, body language and you, you sense the scenario in the home and what's going on. And I didn't have the advantage of any of that because he was somebody from out of the country, not just out of, he was up from, I think he was from down South somewhere, uh, like a, one of the Southern countries. 
we did a lot of back and forth on emails about the dog's care and he secured the dates and I was spending a lot of time thinking what team member I'm going to have to do this. Cause I was new. It was just me. So I was realizing I'm going to need somebody else to give me a hand. I didn't have a team at that point. And then he sent all the paperwork, everything was finalized. He sent a check for a deposit. I deposited the check. And then I received an email from him that said it was something to the effect of getting the, the, some food and some of the supplies, um, to the Airbnb before he arrived. So he wouldn't have to travel with everything, but it was because I'm local for me to do it because I'm here and you know, it all made sense, but something started to feel funny because I was going to be having to spend money on something before I even met them Mm -hmm. um, and met the dog. And so I started what we do and I researched a little bit online and I was part of pet sitters international or whatever that went on there. And sure enough, there is an, a legitimate scam happening when you join some companies, you're on a platform or a network mm-hmm. and people, scammers are seeing these new businesses and reaching out to them with this repetitive scam where essentially what that check that he sent to me was not a legitimate check, but it looked fantastic. And the bank deposited it, Oh wow! but in about five or 10 days, it would have kicked back as a fraudulent. In the meantime, though, it was within 24 hours of depositing the check that he asks me to go get this stuff, or it was wiring him money to then order the stuff or something like that. Essentially, oh, yeah. he to send money. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He knew. Yeah. Me, yeah. So through, yes, very, very, and and then when you get on our forums, our pet sitters, and we're yeah. all talking about the same thing, then it becomes a laugh. Because we're all just right. Because you now you're like, you oh got my gosh, how did I fall for this? But it's scary, though. You're wanting to grow your business. You're yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, and it ended up the FBI ended up getting involved because it was out of country, and from there it, it's off my plate. I'm fortunately one of the people though who, you know, I didn't lose any money. I kind of, but it's not anybody's fault. Like I mean, we are we want to trust people, and we are, take people in good faith. The situation is very well crafted. So I'm sure some of your listeners are hearing this and they're familiar with this scam. But when you're new to the industry, if you're not, this is, I guess, a lesson. If you're not in community, jump in community with other pet sitters, dog walkers, whether it's your group, Candace, Facebook groups, um, and these other yeah, associations. You know, yeah. Yep. Yeah, finding, and we talk about that a lot about just getting that support system just to to be able to not bounce ideas off of, but kind of ask these questions. And we sometimes get this too. I mean, right now we're seeing a lot of just the Facebook page violations are like crazy, right? It's like you get the direct message that your page is in violation. You get the ping and the tag, the whatever, an email, and you're freaking out that your page Facebook page is going to be taken down. But really they, they want you to click on that link so that they can right. load whatever so they need to do on your yeah, yeah. page. And and it's it's unfortunate, but that all these scams are out there. It's horrible. It's tiring to have to yeah, do it's this very tiring. Yeah. running a business. Yeah. But having access to a community, to your point, to, to find out the information on is always beneficial. So thanks for yeah. reiterating that. Yeah. So I'm grateful for your Before we hear now about like what your next, what your current business is, because it sounds like <laughs> having gone through, you know, all of the things, it's easy to go, well, why, why even do this? Right. Why would I ever <laughs> even want a pet business to begin with? Uh, or have a business in general to begin with. So what advice could you give to people of like, you know, and it will be hard. There will be these challenges, but what's the light at the end of the tunnel? Cheryl- oh my gosh. And we've focused on the scary things today, but yeah. it, the good far supersedes this stuff. 
These are the ones that we remember because they were stressful and because we learned from them. Um, but there's so much good. There's so much. This is just a, incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. As everybody who's listening who is already a pet sitter, dog walker, owns pet retail, the relationships we have with the customers and the, and the animals is just far outweighs this nasty stuff. But I would say, you know, growing any business, there's no blanket advice. Everybody is so different. That's one thing I've learned is not to take blanket advice, actually, is to just stay in your lane and um, stay aligned with your own values. You know, particularly in pet sitting dog walking, we hear about so many people, they give so much of themselves. And on one hand, you know, they say what their rates are, they say what their contract is, and some potential clients will say, well, it's just a dog. I mean, or it's just a cat, you're just checking in 20 minutes a day or whatever. But then on the other hand, when something goes wrong with that animal in your care, now it's like, it's my dog, it's my family member. And it's a dichotomy. And I think it's important for anyone who's servicing pets to stay, as I say, stay aligned with your values. If you know that a cat should have eyes on it for more than 30 minutes in a 24 hour period, when a person's then hold your ground that that cat needs one or two visits a day that are 30 minutes. It might sound crazy to someone else who's used to having a kid run in and just put food in the bowl and clean the litter box. But when something goes wrong in that 24 hour period, even though we're only hired for that 15, we're accountable. Right. It's on yeah. us. And for this for the well-being of that cat socially, of course, or dog, we know that they need more care. So yeah, that's what I would say is just stay aligned with what's important to you so that in the worst case scenario, you can fall back on that with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And so now at dog and cat cards, you seem very aligned and I love looking at your website. It's very beautiful. Very. I love your products. And right here on your website, it says you are committed to creating products that nurture the relationships pets have with their people, um, really fostering that human and animal bond. So that must be something that is very important to you. Mm, It, of course. Yep, it is. I don't want to just put products out in the world or contribute in anything in the world. For me, I'm very purposeful. I'm this INFJ personality that things have to really have a reason. That's a blessing and a curse. But anyways, so I actually started Dog and Cat Cards because while I had the dog walking business, I needed cards for when clients were coming home, like welcome home cards, animals passed away gotcha day, adoptiversary, all of these, I would be running in a CVS while I'm late between appointments, bright lights, lineups, and then have generic cards that didn't suit dog people or cat people at all. And I would often be crossing out the text that was on a card and like writing my own. Yeah, you're ridiculous. And I thought this is enough. And I'm an artist as well. And I thought this just makes sense. I'm going to merge the two to speak to those who are so now it's wholesale cards for dog walkers, pet sitters, pet retailers, and then there are displays are in veterinary hospitals as well and other pet retailers. And it just speaks to us. People feel at home when they look at our cards because it's our world. Pet parents and and people who don't think it's weird to celebrate your dog's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you are, uh, have launched this. So we'll link to it in the show notes for this episode, which is at petboss.com forward slash episode 101. You are the first episode after the hundredth episode. It's crazy to think we've already had that many, but um, we'll link to it. And you guys can check out her company at dogandcatcards.com, which I can't believe that that didn't, wasn't already taken. That's brilliant. 
<laughs> I spent too long trying to figure out a clever, clever name. I thought that this is it. I'm leaning in. And like, cat. yeah, for SEO purposes, it's probably fantastic. Doggingcatcards.com. Um, and so I'm just going to read some of these. I love that you've got a card that says, my dog loves you. I think that's really sweet. That's cute. Dear cat person, you know, from your, from the cat, right? It's a, twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, you know, the cat. This mouse. Yeah. Oh, this mouse. Yep. <laughs> And then uh, favorite dog walker ever on the front. So yeah, like you can't find those kind of cards at your typical card, you know, purchase places. So that's, that's great. Thank you. I also really love the scratch off cards. They're very fun. Yeah. Tell us more about those. So it's the pet theme, but generic where you can write your own customized message on the front cover up with the scratch sticker, which is included with the card in the envelope. And it's just, it makes them a little more versatile. Yeah. So yeah. it can be for a birthday or it can be a, Hey, let's have a puppuccino date, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this one too. It's got just the cat kind of tied in the yarn and then it's a scratch me. And then the, the example you've written in there under the scratch is you've got this, yes. but it could also say happy birthday. It could say whatever you want to your point. And that's, and that makes the card interactive too. Yes, that's right. I yeah, love it. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. I love yeah. And then the over the bowl are you tell us about that. Yep. The, well, of, I mean, I don't know about you, Candace, but I'm sure a lot of people like, I look at everything from my pet's point of view and I love art. And so my dog has art above their bowl. And many of my clients did when I had the dog walking business. And I thought, gosh, they need little positive affirmation. Well, I, I have never thought of this. It oh has my. never occurred to me. To think about like, what do they see when they live above their bowl? I was like, right. I mean, it's probably true. Lonely. I love art for myself, but I was like, I've never thought about it. Like what would be above their bowl? Yeah. And, uh, and um, I think, again, I think that's brilliant. It's fun. It's just cute. They're just, they're sentiments and really they're yeah. for the people. Really of for the course people. they are, but you know, it's <laughs> above the bowl. It makes their little feeding area nice with their placemat and their little, <laughs> their, yeah. And it's what they see every day. You can have it match. We made really simple minimalist colors and just block text so that yeah. they can match any decor. But I'm cool. super excited about, we've just launched the pet letter to Santa kit so that people can write letters to Santa and Santa writes back to your pet and sends a little ornament keepsake with it as well. Um, so those kits are super fun. Okay. All right. I want to hear more about those because you said you do wholesale also. So yes. is that that's wholesaled? It is. Okay. Yep. So Let's, um, because we, t- we promote, talk about this in our pet boss club membership about how businesses can craft these kind of like, Hey, here's a template, get your, use it as an event, even put them in your store, let your customers come in and kind of write a letter to Santa. And you usually write down the, the things they want to buy. And then, it, and then the retailer then might know, okay, Hey, here's some things we can show you. Or did you know we have this? And then I think they, uh, there's different ways to do it, but you could, uh, I don't know that a lot of them actually write the letter back. <laughs> so right, this, is, yeah. this is why I'm just curious. How does this all work? If I was, a, if yeah, I was so a retailer or a pet sitter, or if I was a, a wholesale, you know, our audience, talk me through how it works from the business owner's perspective. Yeah. So from the business owner's perspective, you make these kits available just like any product in your store. But I say, set up a mailbox in that store on a pole, which you can just get on Amazon. Like mm-hmm. I got a mailbox for 20 bucks mm-hmm. um, and a pole and put all the presents around the bottom of it. And then the kits sitting beside it, or even in the mailbox. And it's literally a kit with you slide the top off the kit, open it. And within there is the envelope to 
the stationary, of course, to write to Santa and it's got prompts. The idea is that there's some kids and families who want to do this with their kids for the pet. You're involving the children in something exciting about thinking about their what their pet might want for Christmas versus just them. And it's the reading and writing part as well. So there's fun prompts. It's full on comedy and silly and sweet, sweet, sweet. So the prompts are there to help people get started who have any trouble with that in the stationery. And then there's the letter to Santa and it's already addressed to Santa's outpost, which is local and will then get forwarded to the North Pole, of course, Candace. And then the envelope is in there for also the family to write their return address on there so that when Santa receives the letter and replies to the letter, it's going in that envelope right back to the person's home. And it's a personalized letter to that pet based on what they wrote in their letter to Santa. But Santa promises not to offer outrageous things like the Chihuahua last year that asked for a car made of jelly beans. This was actually a request from Santa and he's working on it, but he promises not to offer, make promises. Um, That's funny. It's a very fun thing to get back. And then there's an ornament keepsake every year as well. Nice. Okay. So I'm looking at your website now. I can see it's like a red box. So they would sell the box to take the box home. The mailbox in the store is almost just for display purposes to imply what it looks like. Yeah. It depends how much a retailer might want to get involved in this. But the idea is you can make it an event where when you sell the kit, you come back with your dog as a photo op to put yeah. the letter back in the mail. Oh box. yeah. Which would make social media gold. Of for course. <laughs> you tag the heck out of this stuff. Yeah. Um, people love this stuff. There's also people, we know there's millions of people have animal accounts on Instagram. Yes. And this content for those folks too. Um, yeah. For posting, you know, writing their letter, doing a live and then put, anyway, post it back at the store uh, with their dog, or if it's a lizard or a snake, don't bring them in maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe some people do, <laughs> but post the letter back in the mailbox, as long as your team remembers to actually bring the letters to a real mailbox that night and send it off. Yeah. Um, so that Santa does get the letters. Cool. Um, I'm also just, again, like perusing your website and see this card here that says, Dear Letter Carrier, thank you for delivering the mail to this house every day. Even though I give mixed messages, I am grateful. Maybe still don't pet me though. Love the dog. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. Again, I don't think I've ever seen a card to our mail carrier from the dog. I don't actually think that a card, I don't think I've ever seen cards period that are for the mail carrier. Yeah. I'm sure they exist somewhere, but like, I haven't seen them. That's great. Yeah. The Amazon Um, drivers, the UPS drivers, the mail carriers, dogs are like the bane of their existence and the love of their day depends on the dog. Totally. This is a nice way to acknowledge thank you and sorry at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. So Liam, we haven't really had that many manufacturers yet on our podcast and this makes you kind of one of the first. So is there anything that you would like to share to those business owners who are wanting to make their own products and to put them out in the world for wholesale? Mm, Yes. What I would say to that Candice is um, if your idea was born from something that you believe in, and it doesn't have to be a change, life change, the world changing at all. But if it is something you're interested in and it came authentically from you, then then move forward with it. You know, get online and Google's your best friend, do a lot of research on there. If it is in the pet product industry, there are again your group and just there's so there's so much information to find support and lead you in the right direction. Go easy on inventory if it's a product. Go easy on inventory at the beginning to a lot of people do direct to consumer first or uh, in-person markets with their products to get a sense of what the consumer responds to and what are best sellers. And then you can invest in because, of course, as we buy inventory, if you're bar- buying in larger quantities, you're getting discount rates. There's tiered pricing mm-hmm. um, but at the beginning. You know, 
pay the higher pricing for lower amounts to test the product first so you're not stuck with a lot of inventory. That's a big one that people learn the hard way, I think. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's great advice. And what's the future hold for your business? Oh, just, I'm, this is it. I'm so excited about, you know, I, I love the idea of a lot of the kits for retailers to hold events in their stores. Many people can do things themselves. Some people just do not have the time or interest in doing that yeah. kind of thing. So the pet letter to Santa kits also have a secret Santa gift exchange for pets that retailers can hold in their store among their customers' pets. And it's all inclusive. Everything is in there. So essentially you get a box that has 100 little secret Santa kits in it. Secret Santa, there's like the gift tags and reminder cards of when to bring your wrapped gift back. And essentially your pet fills out a card at the register saying what, you know, who they are, how big they are. Do they have any allergies? This is brilliant. How have what I the, never thought of this? It's super, fun. it's super fun. I'm looking now on your think, website. I love this too. The Secret Santa gift exchange for pets. For pets. And you do that and inside Candace. your business, whether it's a retail or any business. I think this is brilliant. Well, Candace, I did it in the dog walking. So that's, I'm glad you said that. I, I did it in the dog walk, my dog walking business. That's how the idea came forth. And I could not believe this. I had a 98% participation rate. And at that point, I had 250 clients. And it was a logistical nightmare as a dog walker because it was my first year doing it. But I ended up just making spreadsheets. And basically, everybody had to, if you participate, you fill out a card. What are their favorite treats, their favorite color, their favorite toys? You can get as silly as you want. They have to leave the card on the kitchen table and pick up the dog the next day for their walk or whatever date. They have to leave it out by that date. We collect them all. We draw them. And so Buffy got Fred and Ginger got, you know, whoever. And then we each, we let them know who they got. And by a certain day, they have to leave a wrapped gift on their kitchen counter for that dog with the gift tag on it. Um, And then our dog walkers who were walking that day would collect them all. And we had a kind of a a hub where we all met and we did all the exchange. And then the next day, whoever you were walking, you brought that dog's gift and left it at the client's house. So there's a lot involved, um, but we did it three years in a row because it was, people were talking about everybody for the next year. It was so fun. And I thought this needs to be an all-inclusive kit for retailers because what we can do in our store, people come in and buy things for their dog. But this idea, as we know, small businesses and independent owners, we are set apart, the the indie retailers are set apart from big box stores and the personal relationships you have with clients. Another way to help build the community among not just your staff and your clients, but clients with customers with customers is this pet secret Santa exchange because you have an area in your store where people are bringing the drop gifts all through December. And then you have your event day or a few days where everybody can come bring your dog to sniff out your gift and find it. Again, major photo op and customers meet each other as well. So many customers wanted to meet the customer who gave their, in my pet business anyway, I had cards, thank you cards afterwards for me to give this to Fifi and give this to Fluffy. And and we were tagged all over social media with pets opening the gifts. Some people open them right away, but most people waited till Christmas day. And then, so, you know, this is, again, your pet business, your pet business can be tagged all over social with these dogs opening gifts. And so cats exchanged with cats and dogs exchanged with dogs. Uh, it's and brilliant. One year we had the snake as well. Yeah. 
Wow. Wow. We've covered so much in this episode. I love it. It's just so exciting. Leanne, I'm so, I'm so glad that you reached out to us on my request for some scary stories because covered a lot in that realm. And then also just learning about your products at Dog and Cat Cards and these ideas, these promotion ideas and how you're, how you're taking your art and your craft and your, and what you love to do and sharing it with the rest of the industry. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Candice. I'm thrilled to be here. It's so fun to finally meet you here in person. We've been involved a lot on on in the groups. Yeah, um, but this has been fun. Thank you. And again, if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about you, they can visit dogandcatcards.com. You got it. And that's where we are on Instagram and everywhere else. Thank you so much, Candice. You give so much back to this community, so much inspiration, so many ideas and so much connection. And we all need that when you're a small business owner, you're working in isolation a lot. So thank you so much to you and your team. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you so much. Wow. We surpassed 75,000 downloads of this podcast. I just can't believe it. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and for being part of the show. It would mean the world to me if we got to 80,000. Could you imagine? And then, oh my gosh, all the way to 100,000? My mind would be blown. So to do that, I need your help though. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast in case you haven't done that. Plus, I would love for you to tell other pet professionals about the amazing resources and ideas and strategies and tips and stories that myself and our clients and the people that we feature bring to you every single week. Okay. So recommend this show to your fellow pet industry professionals, have them visit petboss.com forward slash podcast, and they'll find all the old episodes and exactly how to connect with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It really means so much to me that you choose this podcast as part of your business education and journey here in the pet industry. Thank you. 